0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Kingdom Leadership Equipping Group and to the KLE podcast. This is a Monday episode for Mentoring Monday. Yes, this Monday, i got to do it on a Monday. It's yes, Mentoring Monday. You know, of all the things that I wish I could have learned as a young um, believer, as a young Christian, as a young leader, would have been how to have the right heart, how to have the right perspective. How to keep myself balanced in everything. I would have said to, and it's a good question for you, is like, what would you tell the young you? If, if you look back on, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago, depending on how long you've been in leadership, what would you say to you? What would you say to you what would you tell the young you leader <laughs> what advice what it ad, what wisdom would you give i'd love to hear um if you could give advice to the younger you what would it be uh if you can pop it in the comments below i'd we'd love to see that um i'd love to hear what advice you would give to a younger you because i know that i i'm a very passionate person i'm a very I have an absolute conviction about things and when I do I run head on and I run strong with things. I've never been a bossy person, never tried to be a bossy person, but I think I would have I would have learned to listen if I could give advice to the younger me. I would give I would say to the younger me, listen closely, listen to pers- people's journey. Everybody has a journey. Everybody has an experience. Everybody's got a story. Listen to their journey and story. Do not be so adamant that people have got to fit into your stereotypical box. I would say to Sean, a younger Sean, Sean, listen, is calm your chickens. Relax. People have had a journey. They cannot fit into your box straight away. Listen to them. Listen to their perspective. Listen to their paradigm. Listen to their story. Listen to their journey, because then you would understand them. And when you understand them, then you know how to relate to them. And if you know how to relate to them, they'll learn to trust you. You will gain their trust. You will earn their respect, and they will follow you. Not because I'm looking for followers, but because leadership is about engaging people. I think I was too headstrong. I think I I basically said, this is the way or no way kind of thing. Um, not on what's got to be done, but just in where they're supposed to fit into. <clears throat> I That's the advice I would say. That's the advice I would give. Something that's really been on my heart the p- past week or so, and... Um, it is like a major conviction in my heart. The advice I, I really stand for is 1 Peter chapter um, 5 verse 3, and Peter's talking to leaders, and, and he's specifically talking to elders. He says, I, who am a fellow elder, sim presbyteros, say this to you. And then he goes and gives them some advice. But verse 3, specifically, he says this. He says, not lording it over the people. Not being lords, but being examples. If there's ever an emphasis that I really believe in, that I want, that for me is, is like an outstanding emphasis, that we, and it's loaded. I mean, there is like, Seminars and workshops in there. <laughs> There's messages in there galore. There's mentoring processes in there. Um, in that one little verse, simply because it's so powerful. And the question are is: Are you uh, a bossy leader? I'm not just talking about being the senior leader. I'm not just talking about being the CEO or the managing director or about being uh, an elder or being a senior pastor or something like that. But you could be an elder. You could be a deacon. You could be a um, small group leader. You could be a house church leader. You could just be somebody that relates to other people, but you impose yourself on them. You've always got to be heard. You've always got to um, impose your viewpoints on others. You've always got to lord it over people. In fact, I've seen deacons and elders lord it over the pastor. Whereas there should be team. There should be a respect, a mutual respect. (laughs) I was sitting in in an elders meeting one day. I was invited to sit in an elders meeting and... The senior pastor of a small church was sitting there. And, you know, if you if you listen to our this podcast and our stuff, you know that senior pastor, there's only one senior pastor. That's Jesus Christ. He is the chief shepherd. You can go read that in 1 Peter chapter 3 and a number of other places, but 1 Peter chapter 5. But anyway, so this pastor sat there and they had their um, elders there. I think they were elders, <laughs> but they presided so strongly over those elders that it was just like a CEO issuing directives to everybody. Just you doing this, you doing that, why aren't you getting doing this, doing that? And it was just pointed out. After everything was finished, they asked me for my advice. You know, they said, so what do you think about? Um, a leaders meeting. And I said, there's only one problem here. They said, what's that? I said, you've got a CEO and a board. And these people are so disempowered. Nobody says anything. Nobody questions anything. Nobody is asked to give their input. Nobody's gifting. Nobody's uh, um, perspective, godly perspective, insight is given into them. If you don't trust them to give you godly wisdom, godly counsel, godly advice, godly insight, godly perception, then you're not doing your job properly, then something is wrong. Something's out of order. If these people who are supposedly elders or leaders within the context of your local setting cannot give, cannot speak with with courage, with boldness. Give a perspective. If you don't trust them for it, then you haven't done your job. Then you failed as a leader. If you don't trust these people, if you can't submit to their counsel, then something's wrong. Now, listen, I'm not saying this from from a superior point of view. I've been there. I've done that wrong as well. And it's something that I've learned from that time onwards and how to, in fact, incorporate Mm -hmm. and Incorporate people as a team as part of what we are doing. There will always be somebody leading. You understand? There will always be a, a leader among brothers. And there will always be somebody that that is able to collate all the information and interpret it as an action, as strategy. But everybody's been participating. Everybody gives input. And so everybody owns it. Everybody can move with it. If there's no agreement from somebody, I've seen it. You know, it was just like you disagree. Tough. You shut up and you um, you take it. Now you might not. You know, is like you might be sitting as as the um, as the leader among brothers and and sisters. I'm talking brothers now as a general term. You might be sitting as the leader among them, and that means. You know, that you will have to sometimes say, I disagree with that input, but I have to value it. I have to acknowledge it. And and if, if we're in disagreement, we can't move forward on it until we've prayed, sought God, and we all come into agreement. Now, I'm not talking about the heckler. I'm not talking about the meddler. I'm not talking about somebody that's just being difficult, that has their own opinion. I'm talking about godly, insight, godly wisdom Godly counsel, godly uh, perspective, because of maturity. That's what eldership is. You see, if we've got a board of of, of people that just because they are successful somewhere, um, now they're part of the board, and now we've got to listen to them. I'm, I'm not talking about that. Boards do not work in the kingdom of God. Jesus never, ever set up a board, never, ever set up a staff meeting these were disciples that he mentored, and then removed himself and let them run with it, with the Holy Spirit within them. That's the interpretation of decisions. Interpretation of the journey was monitored and governed and directed and uh, um, instituted by the witness of the Holy Spirit. We can see that in the Book of Acts when when the when they had to decide on. Um, how the Judaizers, the, the the Judaizing believers that were going to churches and saying you had to be circumcised, and now they all got together and people that were involved. So Peter was there, who was ministering to had been ministering to the Gentiles because the 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 um, the uh, the home had been open to him. I can't remember the dude's name, but it had opened to him, and um, uh, and he and the, they received the Holy Spirit and uh, Paul and Barnabas who were specifically going to the gentiles to um, to minister the gospel of the kingdom to them and and then all the apostles and all the elders got together in Jerusalem as a as a governmental church if you may a governmental a hub of of resources and so they went to them and these guys then all Sought the Lord, and James stands up and he gives an interpretation of, and he says, "The Holy Spirit has directed us and said." And so the counsel was all taken that it was the Holy Spirit speaking. And I really want to say to you is that if you have a if you have a board um, that is you know not mature enough, then you haven't done your job. You need to disciple, mentor. Invest in, raise them up, and that's why one, 1 Corinthians chapter twelve twenty eight talks about first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, etc. etc. Then um, workers of miracles, gifts of healings, governments, etc. and 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 then tongues. What we try and do is we try and start with tongues, and then uh, governments. The word governments there me is the word kubernetes, which means pilotage. So we try and set people up to pilot this enterprise, this, this um, ecclesia, this gathering, this community of believers. We try and, and, and we set up a pilotage first and the work hasn't been done. The foundations haven't been laid. The, the, the counsel of God hasn't been interpreted. The teaching, the, the instruction hasn't come in the ways of God. And so what happens is we get the whole thing out of order. And so we're going from tongues, then we're going to pilotage, then we're going to healings, and then we're going to miracles, and then we're going to teaching. Or, you know, teaching gets filtered in there somewhere and preaching, but we haven't got the order right, and so things are out of order. When things are out of order, you're going to have confusion, you're going to have obstruction, you're going to have every evil work, you're going to have no peace there's going to be strife there's going to be um confusion as i say there's going to be ignorance and so people are speaking from their own opinions they haven't they're not sons in the house they're not sons of god they don't know how to hear god they don't know how to give godly input they're not they don't have hearts of fathers or moms and of moms and dads there's no maturity you purely set it up for a pilotage and it's going to go wrong it's going to go wrong So um, there can be anybody that can be a bossy leader. He says this, Peter says this, um, that not being lords, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. Leaders need to be examples. It doesn't matter what level you're at on on the leadership scale. And I'm not talking hierarchy. There's no hierarchy in the kingdom of God or in the ecclesia it's it's like this and and uh, but it, there is a rank and an order to things we need to understand that so regardless of where you are in the order of god is you still need to be an example not a lord i love what the amplified version says it says not lording it over those assigned to your care Do not be arrogant or overbearing, but being examples of Christian living to the flock. Set a pattern of integrity for your congregation. Leadership, true leadership is influence. And influence comes because you are a model and you are a mentor. Examples there is is nearly the parenting heart. I was just looking at another scripture that I haven't looked at it for some time, and that was in 1 Timothy chapter um, chapter 5 as well. 1 Timothy chapter 5. But it says, honor those that the, the elders that rule over you, that rule well over you. The word rule is to stand before, not to stand over, but to stand before. So being an example is standing before. They stand before with authority that they gained by earning it, by relationship, and because they have invested themselves in the house. And then it goes on to say, in treating elders as a father. I would say eldership couples, if you're looking at husband and wife, they, they are entreated, another example is as parents. So you don't cost them you don 't um, you don't rebuke them you, you, don't, uh, you, don't, uh, them. you don't you don't confront them you't confrontation can be, but you do it in the right way you entreat them as fathers, but that means they are fathers they are moms and dads they have that maturity to see family they 're not bossy i've seen way too many bossy arrogant uh overbearing people in God's kingdom in in the church not God's kingdom because God's kingdom doesn't that principle doesn't doesn't allow it the principle of God's kingdom is if you want to be great you be less if you want to rule you must be the servant that means there's a different heart that doesn't mean I I've got to run around moving the chairs and packing up and, and packing down and that sometimes you'll be part of that but servanthood there means I am a steward my heart is a heart of feet washing, you understand. My heart is a heart of feet washing, to cleanse, to to serve, to to um, to nurture, to care, not not to lord it over. Right. So we need to understand is that leaders, and he's specifically talking to elders here in this case. So I assume. Okay, from the order of God, from understanding scripture, that even pastors, that we call pastors, are in fact elders and should be elders, which means they are eldership, presbyteros, and the presbyterian. All right? I'm not talking about the denomination. I'm talking about the, the, the uh, maturity of, of the government of the local house. So The Amplified Classic Version says not domineering as arrogant, dictatorial, or overbearing over those in your charge, but being examples, patterns, listen to this, and models of Christian living to the flock. Patterns and models. In other words, they've got to look at you and be able to see the Christ-likeness, that you rule your house well, you rule your life well. Amen? Amen. And therefore, they say, I can pattern my life after you. I can follow your example. But I think we've seen so much of the CEO mentality in the the leadership of the church is that people actually become arrogant. I was involved with a ministry, and I began to notice how arrogant people, the, the, the young leaders were. And my question, I began to question, where do these, where does the spirit come from? Well, it can only come from the culture of the organisation, and who sets the culture of the organisation? The leaders, the top leaders, and they, that spirit is faltering down into the young leaders. They were very arrogant. The way they would preach was arrogance. They would throw chairs and. And jump up and down and shout and scream at people and demand. And and, and it was just like, this is so arrogant. There's no heart of of fathering here. Now, you don't have to be an old person to have a heart of a father, you understand? Or a heart of a mother. You can can mature very quickly. I've seen young leaders who have a, a better heart of a mom and a dad than some older leaders. So we must never get to the place where we are arrogant and overbearing. We always must be a pattern of integrity. We must be an example, a model, a pattern that, that they can see. A pattern is an interesting word. A pattern is like when you hit a typewriter letter and that, for those that still know, the old typewriters with the lead heads that would hit the paper through a ribbon and if you hit it, it would leave an indelible mark. Well, that's what pattern is there. It, it's the word character. <laughs> Interesting, in the Greek, character, but with a K. And it means to, to pound until it takes on the shape and form. In other words, we've got to allow our lives as leaders to be formed and shaped by the order of God. We've got to have the pattern so that they can. The young believers coming up, the 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 um, the babies, and then the young men, or the young leaders. And I'm, when I I'm talk men, I'm talking what the Bible says. But that's all encapsulated men and women. So the young men, if you go to one John chapter two, it talks about that. It talks about the about the, the generations within the family of God, and we need both. We need both of those in all of that in our life. But the the mature moms and dads. He says, I speak to you fathers because you've known him from, was from the beginning. The word known there is like a deep intimacy. It's beyond just reading your Bible and having a prayer. You understand? That know is where by the spirit of, of God, the word of God, by the order of God, it's been imprinted into your character, the pattern and the example, the model of what Christ is and who Christ is. And what, who you are to be as a leader. Other translations of that verse go on, not lording it over those entrusted to you. It also says, um, not don't be bossy to those who are in your care, but be an example. Listen to this. The Derby translation says, not as lording it over your possessions. You see, when I can say, this is my chair, and I don't want anybody to sit in my chair. You know what I'm saying? And, and so I can lord it over my possession. But people are not your possessions. People that come, that are part of your, of the community of believers, because that's what the church is. It's the community of the citizens of the kingdom of God. They're citizens of the kingdom of heaven, not of your little empire. They're citizens of, of, and, and kings and priests unto God, not your possessions. Jesus paid and gave his blood for each and every one of them. Not you, not me. So therefore they're never our possessions. so we can never be bossy. we can never lord it over our possessions. We can just be examples and we can be models to the flock. Don't Another translation says not lording it over the clergy, but being made of you know, that to me is just I don't like that translation much. but um, don't be a ruler over those you're responsible for. Another translation says, but be examples to them. So, eldership is rulership. Leadership is, uh, in a sense, a governmental place. It's pilotage. But pilotage means that you can direct things by the voice of God, by the counsel of God, by the, the instruction of the Holy Spirit in interdependency. In collaboration, in alignment with others, I I struggle when one person comes up with all the answers. In the body of Christ, that everybody's got to bow to them. I'm saying something is wrong. Who's your counsel? Who's who's you, who's giving you equal input? One one pastor sat with me one day and he and he said, "What do you think of my eldership?" And it was one another one of those cases, and I said. You don't have elders, and he was most offended with me. And I said, You've got you've got great deacons, wonderful helpers. They they their heart is so servant like that they, they will get in and do things, but not one of them will stand up and speak as an equal to you. <laughs> not one of them will say, I and I'm not saying from from a, from an egotistical, I'm not talking about from a domineering, arrogant way. I'm talking about somebody that that is a mom or a dad, you understand, that will say, this is the perspective I have on it. This is how I see, or not even what how I see it, but it's it's like, this is the counsel I have in my heart. Not one would do that because in fact, the leader was insecure. So what happened is he did dominate The the, the one of the, one of the greatest enemies of leadership is insecurity. Insecurity is the greatest enemy. The feeling threatened is your greatest enemy because you're going to protect your throne. If you're going to lose your throne, you're going to lose your throne. You can hold your throne. You can hold your position, your title, your bossy position for only so long. But people are going to see right through it. You You can control and manipulate Some of the people, some of the time, but not all the people, all the time. There's going to be a large proportion. And I've I've had this. I was advised by a leader to exert my leadership in a certain way, and I did, and people didn't like it. Unfortunately, that leader who advised me then came and told everybody that I, you know, had got it all wrong. And in fact, they were advising me. And I'm talking, wrong people, listen to me. We're talking 15, 20 years ago. Don't listen to wrong people. Check out their spirit. (laughs) Check out their spirit. Don't just listen to anybody. Unfortunately, I was looking for advice. I was looking for wisdom. I was looking for input. Wrong place. We didn't have the order right. We didn't have 1 Corinthians 12, 28. And the people that, that... spoke order were out of order themselves because they were looking for churches to be under them. They were looking for people to be under them. They were looking for sons. They were looking for churches. They were looking for things that they could say are under me. And it's, I, I, I cannot accept that. We, and we, we are struggling in the body of Christ because we've got no understanding in these areas. And we need to come back to these things. And you may say, well, Sean, I'm not an elder and I'm not, you know, the, the same spirit applies. It doesn't matter who you are and where you are right now. The fact of the matter is God wants you, your father wants you to grow up and to mature and to become a mom and a dad in the household of God, where you are nurturing both the babies and you're nurturing the young men. You see, fivefold, Apostle, Prophet, Evangelist, Pastor, Teacher is not something you lust for. It's not a position that you attain to, because you are um, ambitious in the church or in the kingdom. There's no place for that. You understand. I, I, I find people are always trying to attain to some position, some title. I am an apostle. I am a prophet. I am a teacher. I am an evangelist. Is you know what? Do Do what you're called to do. But those are gifts that God gives, not titles and positions. They're gifts that he gives. So don't worry about those things. Put that aside. If if God has called you to be that, it will be evident. It'll be acknowledged. You'll have credibility in that area, and you'll begin to step into that with the right environment. You will develop that gift. With the right environment. And then you will do equipping. That's different. Equipping is different. But in the house of God, in the ecclesia, in the community, we need moms. that We don't have enough moms and dads in maturity. Everybody wants to be a prophet or a pastor. Why? And nowadays, it's got to be a bishop or, a, or an apostle. It's just like, why? Where are the elders, first off? that are just prepared to say, you know, I'm eldership, (laughs) and that's okay. Where where are those who who can do it with with an example, modeling, and being a pattern of who Christ is and and how this life is supposed to live, that can be imitated, whose faith can be imitated, who are always the same yesterday, today, and forever? Hebrews chapter 13. (laughs) Where are those? Where's the moms and dads that are not looking for positions and titles? They just have a heart to father, not to impose, not to manipulate, not to dictate, not to dominate, not to be bossy, but just to be a mom and a dad that will, that will confront where it needs to be confronted, um, uh, correct where it needs to be corrected, but will exhort and encourage and instruct will give their life in relationship to the younger members of the family of the Ecclesia. Where are those? We should be asking people, we should be asking those with the wisdom and the knowledge and some maturity to say, won't you mentor me? Can I spend time with you? It's amazing, everybody wants to, to um. I don't know. Everybody wants to ask for something. Everybody wants, but nobody is prepared to make the journey to say, Sean, I want to spend time with you. I've got a few young people that do that. And just say, we want to spend time with you. We want to listen to your experiences, to your stories, to your knowledge. And I share everything I know with them. Because I'm not going to be around forever. You understand? I'm not going to be here forever. I may may be gone tomorrow. But I want to give as much as I can to those that are willing to hear so that they can grow up and become and take the pattern and the model that I've learned, the lessons that I've learned, and implement them and go beyond where I've been. And we can see a whole new generation of leaders, a whole new generation of people being raised up with the right heart. So I really want to encourage you is that Wherever you're listening from, whatever you're doing, whatever role you're playing right now, really, let's 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 really withstand this dom domineering, arrogant, dictatorial, overbearing spirit that that prevails, and let's begin to raise up a a heart that is an example, a pattern, a model of what. Our lives, spiritual life is supposed to be. A life of faith is supposed to be. A life that's intimate with the Father is supposed to be. Not a religious, legalistic thing. Don't even want that. Don't try and make me you. (laughs) You Don't try and make me you. Make me who God's made me to be and called me to be. That's what should be our attitude. Desire to become a young person in the kingdom of God that abides in the word of God, that overthrows the devil. 1 John chapter 2, go and have a look at it. And then strive to be, desire to be spiritual, mature, so that you can be called a mom and a dad. Not that you can be called, you understand. Oh, this is, I am the, I am the father of these. You know, it just is so superior, so arrogant. Talk like that. You'll, you'll be acknowledged for who you are. People will just go, I want to be part of this. This person has input in my life. They will seek out your counsel. They will say, will you help me? And then you've got to be smart. Don't make all the decisions. Be a mom and a dad. It says, well, what do you think God is saying to you? Help them discover what it is to hear from God. Help them discover what it is to walk in the purpose of God for their lives. Help them, facilitate that. Don't impose on them. Wow, well, you know, let me tell you my knowledge. It's just like I tell people stories. I Okay, like, well, you know, once upon a time I had to have this decision, and I leave that with them because they've got to find the principle and the truth in the story. I'm not saying this is what I you should do. I ask them, what are you, what are you sensing in your heart? You should do first. Let's hear what God is saying to you. Help them discover that. Amen. So. That's what I wanted to share with you today on Mentoring Monday just as an input. This is a this is a a big one for me. Really, you can hear I'm very passionate about it. It goes into so many areas and opens up so much conversation and and uh, so much input in in importation into this area. I don't, I don't see Jesus ever being lording it over. He is the Lord of Lords and yet he still does not overlord us. Satan does that. Jesus lovingly, lovingly impresses upon us by his spirit. Lovingly. Never forces us to do anything. But I'm telling you, the day comes when he knocks at the door as a king. He says, if you open this door, I will come in and sup with you. (laughs) And he's not gently knocking, saying, knock, knock, knock. Hello, can I come in? He's going. Bang, bang, bang. The king is here. Open the door. I will come in and fellowship with you. (laughs) So, you know, because he's the king. And I I don't know about you, but I want to open the door to him. But he never will. He still knocks on the door. He doesn't send his army to break down the door and take you captive. You know, he just, he captivates your heart with love. Captivates your soul with love and affection and compassion and his mercy and his grace. Isn't he wonderful? Isn't he so wonderful? He's like such, if I read the Gospels and I, I see what an incredible, incredible leader he, Jesus, was and is because that hasn't changed. Although he now rules as a king, the king of kings, you understand, and the nations will bow before him and those that don't, he will smash with, with the rod of iron, with, with the rule that he has. But to the individual, he's tender, he's patient, he's compassionate. He is. He's such a great... But read the Gospels. But look at it from the eyes of leadership. Look at him as a leader, how he interacts. Look at the principles. Look at the truths. I'm telling you, you'll see a difference. He wasn't a pushover. He was not a pushover. He confronted where he needed to confront. But he didn't do it for his sake. He did it for others' sake. That's the important thing. If you're parenting, don't correct your children for your sake. We all do. We all do it wrong, we all do the wrong thing. Trust me. You will do it wrong as well. And but generally, <laughs> generally, make it about the child for their good, not for you because you're irritated and frustrated. We do, but we shouldn't. The same goes for the house of God. You'll, you'll have far less stress far less weariness, you'll be far less tired, and you'll have so much fun because it'll be all relational. Amen? Listen to those around you. Don't be bossy. Listen to them. Listen to those as equals. Be subject. Paul, Peter goes on to say in 1, 1 Peter chapter 5, he says, be subject to one another. And I think that's the important thing. Be subject to one another. Younger, be subject to your elders. So, And it's not talking about age. It's talking about maturity. Those are, are still not quite mature enough, submit to those that are mature. That keeps the balance. That keeps the order in the house. My children, I listen to their opinions. I listen, but I'm still dead. And okay, now it's a different story. They're all men grown up now. And, you know, now... They, but they still respect me for, for who I am, and I thank God for that because of our relationship. They trust me. I trust them. Sometimes they have to correct me. Sometimes they speak directly to me. I appreciate it. I receive it. Because I'm not high and mighty. I'm not unfa- infallible. I'm not, I'm not a Lord. <laughs> Do you understand? I'm not a boss. I'm a dad. I'm a father. I love them, and so I receive from them. Amen? Let's get this right. Let's do the right thing. Because that's what leaders do. They do the right things. Managers do things right, but leaders do the right things. Let's begin to do the right things with the right heart. All right? So thank you for being with me. I appreciate your time. And uh, please pop any questions you have below or any insights that come from this, um, any Anything that you feel on your heart you would like to contribute, please do that in the in the comments below. I'd love to hear from you. And like I said right in the beginning, is that uh, uh pop in the comments below if you had advice for a younger you, what would it be? If you had to look at you, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. I've been I've been on this path for 40 years, and uh and as I said, that's what I shared with myself. What I would do, what what I would say then, and I probably heard it from somebody, but didn't take it. Nah, I didn't hear it. But <clears throat> that's what I would tell myself. What would you What would you say to your younger you? Pop it in the comments below. Love to hear from you. All right. So from Sean, this is uh, this is uh, Kingdom Leadership Equipping, and uh, this was leadership. Are you a bossy leader? <laughs> We read from 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 3, if you um, got on a little later. All right, until next time, this is Sean saying over and out, and God bless you.